if you want to be dating this person, if you want to be in an exclusive relationship and you want him to be your boyfriend, which I believe is one and the same, by the way. Well, that was my next question is, do you see any difference? (laughs) Nope. 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 Honestly, any person who says to you, oh, we're an exclusive relationship, but I'm not your boyfriend. No, fuck them. Break up with them. Break Mm -hmm. up with them. Why? Because he wants the perks of being your boyfriend, but he doesn't want to be your boyfriend. That just means he wants sex on the regular. Yeah. Or he wants a girlfriend, but he doesn't want to be a boyfriend. Yeah. Is always how I look at it. And he doesn't want to use condoms. Also that. (laughs) I feel like that's the biggest one. That really is the biggest (laughs) one. And a lot of women get into that uh, trap too, because they also don't want to use condoms. And and you know how it's one and the same? You just act confused. I would act like a confused bird when that conversation (laughs) is happening. When he's like, let's be exclusive. Be like, does that mean you're my boyfriend? Like, just ask that. I'm confused. Mm. Does that mean you're my boyfriend? Am I your girlfriend? Just, just, pause don't answer for him pause and let him answer and then he will say yes or no and if he says no believe him and that is your sign to leave because he will never change his mind that's painfully true Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Shooters Gotta Shoot. I am your co-host, Erica Spera. And I'm Molly Demilia. And we've got a great episode for you this week featuring matchmaker Maria. Yeah. Very, very excited. She is chock full of advice. Yeah, she stories. is. We get into it. Uh, but I'm even, maybe not more excited, but I am super excited to announce this as well. Molly, what's going on? We have a sponsorship. We have our first sponsor yeah. woo, 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 woo. of the pod. Yes, we have partnered with Sunset Lake CBD. Um, I absolutely love their products. It's a Vermont-owned company. Everybody knows I love Vermont, and it's it, it, the products are just so so good. We got like this huge package. I think I eat one of the gummies every morning because, mm-hmm. especially like I was waking up really stressed out for a while, and I would just pop a gummy, and then I was like nothing can bother me (laughs) (laughs) i'm on top of the world i am bulletproof it's like uh the adult version of flintstone vitamins yeah (laughs) exactly but like a little bit better you know (laughs) and uh we've said it before uh if you're a fan if we ever were to take a sponsor we were going to try their stuff first and really vet it out and we tried their stuff we've talked to runs this company they are great people Mm -hmm. we tried they sent us a bunch of stuff we like the gummies that's one of our favorites they have the cbd drops that you could put uh under your tongue uh, they have lotion. Yeah. They, I mean, they have everything. They have absolutely everything. They have fudge, which is delicious. Everything just tastes so good. And th- so we have a promo code for you guys. If you use SGS20, that's SGS20, you get 20% off all of your items. So we'll have the link in the description um, and definitely give it, a, give it a try. So just a little bit about the company. Sunset Lake CBD is a farmer owned business that ships CBD products directly from their farm to your door. For years, Sunset Lake was a Vermont dairy dairy farm producing milk for Ben & Jerry's ice cream. In 2018, they diversified and started growing hemp for CBD. With a product for everyone, they offer gummies, fudge, coffee, tinctures, as well as smokable pre-rolls and flower products, all crafted to help with stress, aches, and pains. Sunset Lake CBD saves you money by shipping high-quality CBD products directly from their farm to your door. So that is SGS20 for 20% off all items. Yep, and it's sunsetlakecbd.com, and they ship everywhere in the U.S. So wherever you're listening, SGS20 for 20% off, and uh, check out their stuff. And another extra tidbit is you get an additional 
uh, you get 30% off if you are a Patreon member. Yeah, if you're a Patreon member, you're going to be getting extra deals on everything we do. Yep. Uh, and if you want to join the Patreon, it's patreon.com slash shooters gotta shoot. That's patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash shooters gotta shoot for extra episodes and the real behind the scenes of the show of what's going on with us. Uh, mm-hmm. So Getting the real dirty over there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there's... It was, you know, it's hot, shock girl summer as matchmaker Maria is called. Yeah. <laughs> shock girl summer. So enjoy our episode with Maria. I am very, very, very excited to have our guest on this week. You might have heard of her company, Agape Match. Or you've heard her podcast, Ask a Matchmaker Podcast. It's Matchmaker Maria. Welcome to the show. Welcome. What am I saying? Welcome. Hi. It's weird. I'm always the one interviewing. Now I'm like, no, the other way. No, you're good. We're so excited to have you. An official matchmaker. Yes. This is our first matchmaker, right? This is our first matchmaker ever on the show. And correct me if I'm wrong, you come from a family of matchmakers. Yes. Yes. So it's it's partly in your DNA. It's so different though. Like my grandmother was not, but you know, she was getting paid with a goat or goat milk or something. Like it was like a... Orders like match my son, match my daughter, and you know you get three dozen eggs, and I'm like, no, give me money. (laughs) Well, I'm just very excited to have you on because I feel like most people, myself included, what I know from matchmaking is literally millionaire matchmaker on Bravo or Indian matchmaking that came out on Netflix during quarantine. Yeah, right. I've never watched either of those shows. I feel like you might not be a fan. I know, I know one of those two matchmakers, um, and. Uh, you know, in fact, I think two of my clients have married two of her clients. Oh, Interesting. Just speaks the level that we collaborate as matchmakers. Like in the, it's a very small industry, but we, you know, some matchmakers we do collaborate with each other. And, you know, sometimes your clients match did not sign up in your database. They're in someone else's database, and you got to go mm-hmm. get them. So yeah, but um, I've not, I don't watch dating shows. I don't. Yeah, keep working at work. Wanna, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want to <laughs> talk about like when are we going to define things and you know. <laughs> Um, all right. So since we were talking a little bit before we started hitting record, I think we should jump into this. This 12 date rule is kind of, I think, what you're known for in the industry. So lately, yeah. can you break down <laughs> briefly what your 12 date rule is that you give to your clients or people that you're um, doing your coaching intensive with? So it's a method. Okay. I know people hate rules, but some people really like rules. Like it's really easy to follow if you just understand the date math, but essentially it's a method that, um, is just to help specifically women to determine like, do they even like this person that they're dating? Sometimes we get so distracted by the beginning that there's a distraction of sex, but there's also the anticipation of seeing someone new and getting to know them, especially if you're excited about them. Um, but you don't know that much about them. You start just kind of filling in the blanks of what you think you might know. And that comes from your own experience and previous you know, baggage that you might have. And, uh, you know, instead of thinking about like, should I, should I even like this person? Instead we're thinking like, when should we sleep with each other? Or, you know, is he my boyfriend or when should he meet my friends or when should he meet my parents? It's like, Oh, just hold on a second. What do you know about him? And, you know, when you wait a little bit, 
you can learn a lot more about your emotional compatibility, right? Because physical compatibility is so important, but it plateaus after a while. And what's your, what you're left with is emotional compatibility. So by waiting just a little bit and, you know, before people freak out with 12 dates, because for some reason people think 12 dates, 12 weeks. And I'm like, what? You know, no, not that. Um, <laughs> that was my first thought. I was yeah. like, we're, we're waiting three months. <laughs> like- that's, that's Steve Harvey's dating advice, 90 days, 90 but days, that's yeah. not, that's not here. That's, this is 12 day rule. This is three weeks basically at best. Um, but essentially by waiting just a little bit, you can discover four things. And those four things are, you know, what's he like on a bad day? What's he like on a good day? How does he treat you? I know I'm speaking heteronormatively, so I apologize, but how does he treat you, um, when you're having a bad day? And more importantly, how does he treat you when you're having a good day? Mm-hmm. Because like the one thing I constantly hear from people is like, but you know, I interview people for a living as a matchmaker. And I ask, like, tell me about your last two, three breakups. And I'll hear stuff like, you know, well, he was always really upset with my career. Or he would say stuff like, oh, you got a promotion. Now we'll, you know, now we'll never do anything. And it's like, that's not a normal wow. reaction to good what? news. Yeah. Well, yeah, not, you know, you have a lot of people that are in really shit relationships. Mm. And when you try, I mean, think of even like if you have like a friend that's in a bad relationship and you're like, why can't she see what she can't see? Like, I, this person's mm. not good for her. And sometimes it's, you know, you're digmatized. And that <laughs> happens when you have sex a little earlier into meeting someone. And you know, the chemicals that get released upon sex, it, it really does blind you from seeing, you know, red flags, pink flags. I don't know. There's a lot, there's a lot to this, but there are exceptions. So like, you know, the exception to this date, 12 date rule is if you've known someone for more than six months. So maybe this is a friend of a friend that you've met a few times, or this is a coworker. This does not apply to you. Have sex whenever you want, because chances are you already know their temperament. You already know what they're like on good days and bad days and how they react to you on your good days and bad days. But if this is a complete stranger off the internet, um, you know, wait a little bit. And by waiting a little bit, there is a date math, right? Can I talk about the date math? Not yet. So can you break down the date math of what counts for a date? Because we all think date in person, you know, meeting. That's why, like, for me, it's like, yeah, a lot of times I I am only free one night a week with work and I do stand-up comedy. So it's like, it's it's tough. Like, it's so funny that that's a people's assumption. But when you talk to people like, oh, I've been seeing someone. Oh, yeah. Tell me about your dates. Oh, we haven't been dating, but we've been talking via text for like five days. And I'm like, okay, that's, yeah, yeah. I'm not seeing anyone. You're texting someone. No. Right. You have a pen pal. Yeah. That's middle school stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, every, yeah, everyone does it. (laughs) So many people fall in love during the pandemic when they couldn't meet people by texting all day. And God, I've even done it like nine years ago before I met my husband. I remember texting guys back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And like, you've got feelings. So I'm like, I don't even know what you sound like. Mm, Okay. So this is date math. Um, a date is either a phone call, a video chat, you know, Zoom, FaceTime, whatever, um, or an in-person date, obviously. And the time on a date is a minimum of 20 minutes and a maximum okay. three hours. And you can have up to two dates in one day. So let's say you go on that eight-hour in-person marathon date. That's two dates. Mm. Right? Wow. It doesn't count as two and a half dates. Similarly, like let's say Erica sleeps over a guy's house. So she goes over on Friday night at like 7 p.m. Like they go to the movies or whatever. Um, and then they, she sleeps over and then the next day they wake up and they do brunch. That's still only two dates because there has to be a break in between for it to count again as dates. Right. So it's kind of a two date maximum. 
Um, Wait, pause though. You're not anti keeping the first date short then. Because that's what a lot of people say. They're like, they're like, don't do more than an hour. Don't do that three hour long date. Like, so this, this is interesting. This is the first I've heard. Two drink max. Two drink max. Okay. Interesting. Oh, Hmm. go for a walk. Otherwise, like, I don't know. I feel like go for, if you're going to do a long date, I don't know. I don't like when long date. I don't like, you know, I never thought about it. Do you want to make me add more rules to this? No, I just, Um, no, I've already broken all of these. (laughs) (laughs) Don't add more. (laughs) No, I'm just, that's a common thing. uh, Look, people send me, people send me, I have to create a PDF. People send me all the time. Like I just got a screenshot from one of my followers that she's been, she's been on 10 dates with a guy and like the first three were phone calls, mm-hmm. you know, Monday okay. she had a 20 minute phone call, Tuesday, a 20 minute phone call, whatever. Like she was counting and then they met in person. It went really well. Then they had a phone call again the next day. Then they had another in-person date. So she's like already like eight dates deep. And even though it's only been, I think like nine days. So you can collect the dates quickly. I think the average is like two and a half, three weeks for 12 dates. Interesting. And I know wow. that sounds insane, but like, yeah, it's, it's kind of, it's weird. It's, it's the people that tend to have a reaction to this are people who, who love to sleep with someone on a first date. And look, I've done it. I've slept with guys on the first date. It didn't work out. Um, and I'm not saying that it doesn't work out for other people. There are plenty of people who have slept with someone on the first date. But there's also, and, and, it, and it worked out. Let me say it like that. There are plenty of people who slept with someone on the first day and it worked out. Mm-hmm. But there are also plenty of people who have won the lottery. <laughs> <laughs> that is a lot. That's a winning, I'm sorry. That's a lottery ticket. Congratulations. Anytime someone tells me I slept with my boyfriend on the first date, congratulations. You won the lottery. Mm-hmm. This, but I'm sure that one person though knows like 10 other people, including herself, where you slept with a guy on the first date thinking you really liked him you know, fireworks, you know, whatever, only for it to like completely collapse or to learn that he was just not interested in being in a relationship with you. He's just interested in having sex with you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, no guy's ever going to wait 12 dates or two weeks if he's just trying to sleep with you. Yeah, you know? that's true. I think it just gets so hard, I think, for a lot of people, especially coming out of the pandemic or times when you have kind of like taken a break from dating and then you get back out there and you hear like, oh my God, like 12 dates. Like I, I don't even know I've been on 12 you dates. The pandemic, I'm telling you, I've had 211 people enter relationships in the last 18 months. Half of that was in a pandemic. I think the pandemic made it easier to get to 12 dates because oh, of all these 12, three of them have to be in person. So you can have okay. nine not in person. Hmm. And okay. because people were forced to be home and get to know each other, they're, you know, hate night through Zoom or whatever mm. they were doing. Yeah. Um, it just made it a lot easier to to get to know someone. So do you think people were making like stronger connections because there was no like in-person distraction or like my personal opinion yes professional opinion absolutely and studies show this like um you know dr helen fisher she's an anthropologist she she runs the singles in america studies for match group and her findings show that connections were much deeper in 2020 than ever before and it was because people were courting for the first time you know, there's an entire generation of people who have never courted before. They've only <sighs> dated. As a as a dating professional, you know, these are the things that we look at. Not even just um, from other companies, but even our own. Like I can see from the dates that we set up. You know, so many of our we set up something like 300 Zoom dates last year. Wow. And 200 of those went to second dates. Wow. And 
of those 200, how many of them had to be walking dates because, you know, restaurants were not open or whatever. Mm -hmm. You see the way that people are interacting is way different than before. And not only just with their dates, but even with their own matchmaker, like the way our clients talk to us right now is really intimate and like in a good way. I mean, like, like, like the boundaries are kind of down because we have to talk about them. We have to talk about how are you going to get to know someone during a pandemic? Yeah. I mean, it was a big year for, or a year for really big conversations too, that I think you learn a lot about people and people Mm -hmm. were obviously on one side or the other about them and had strong opinions. Um, You know, I, I also think with the vaccinations or, you know, spreading, we had a lot of people telling us that they were seeing someone and they would move to an exclusive much faster because they weren't comfortable seeing a lot of other people. So do you think so many clients get engaged in 2020? Wow. (laughs) I mean, that doesn't surprise me. 2020. Yeah. They met and they had a first date in 2020 and they got engaged in 2020. I have never had that many engagements. Well, Maria, it felt like the end of the world. (laughs) Like for those of you that are single, it's like, it's like the most alone you truly could be, especially like if you lived alone and it, I think made a lot of people sit there and be like, okay, when I am a certain age and I can't be running around like I used to be, or even like, you know, people that worked a lot, I worked a lot at night with comedy running around and I was sitting there frustrated. Like basically I felt like this is the one time in my life I have had the most time on my hands to date somebody, but no one around to date. And then it just makes you realize like, oh yeah, if my life was this nine to five, go to work and just come home, what am I coming home to? And that's, I think partly why a lot of people also like got pets and Mm -hmm. got into relationships for the first time in a long time. Cause it was just like, oh, if you took everything else away, I don't want to just be by myself. I had a female client, um, get into a relationship in January, 2020. And I'll never forget. We get this email, like, I think like April 15th, when we still in my office, we thought like the world was coming to an end. Like we're mm-hmm. still in the panic. And it was, she was like, Oh, I'm, I, we, I bought a house. <laughs> and I'm like, wait with who? And she's like, Oh, this the guy you set us up with in January. And I'm like, the fuck? Like yeah. what? <laughs> That's so <laughs> fast. Do you have any rules on that of like how quickly to move once you decide to be in a committed relationship like that's real quick to get on a loan with someone I don't have guidance I don't have rules my like I for me per, like not just me personally but I've seen this professionally too like I think you should be engaged before you get married um because the one thing that wait really, I think you mean back up you should be engaged yeah. before you get married or before you move in oh I'm sorry I'm sorry I'm sorry yeah you're right <laughs> Uh, yeah. I was like, yeah, that's that how is, that is yeah. how it works. Um, yeah. that Good advice, Maria. Um, nice. She knows her stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm an expert, guys. Um, I think that you should be engaged before you move in. And I'll tell you why. I have seen, it's funny, a lot of, I know a lot of relationship experts disagree with me on this. And I love, I love not agreeing with everyone. That's okay with me. Like, <laughs> but I'll tell you why. I have seen not only my own clients, but friends of mine where um you kind of choose to live with someone because it would just be cheaper the same criteria that you would use for a craigslist roommate is suddenly the same criteria for the future potential father of your children and that to me is really scary and the second thing that i've seen this is not i'm not speaking now from a professional level this is more of a personal level what worries me is that sometimes some men will move in with their partner because they want to delay the next milestone, which could be an engagement. Like, well, we moved in. What else do you want? 
you know, it's like, or well, like we just moved in. So yeah. Yeah. But if your three year plan on your end is to get married and have kids, then, you know, you need to discuss like, well, okay, when are we get, when are we getting engaged? Cause let me tell you something, any healthy marriage out there that, you know, they had conversations about marriage and kids prior to getting engaged. If I ever hear someone say to me, I was so surprised when he proposed, <laughs> that's nah. a red flag. Like, what yeah. do you mean you were surprised? You should absolutely know. It's like, I'm not saying you should know the day and time it's coming, but like, I think I talked to my husband about, you know, our own personal goals for like a year and a half. How yeah. else are you supposed to discover if this is the person you want to be with? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're building a life together. You're making a plan together. Like you shouldn't be yeah. blindsided by that. <laughs> After you set up a client, you set a, cl- a client mm-hmm. on a first date and say it matches, it's great. They go on another date, and then another one. At what point is it like the communication with you stops and you step back from being involved? Usually on their way to date three. Interesting. Um, okay. If they're still, if they go on date, if they go, I've always told my clients, if you go to a fourth date just and you like them, just email me to freeze your contract. Um, I feel like any client who's at a fourth date has usually married that person. Wow. Um, like for the most part, like I can like nine out of 10 times. Like, I think, I don't know. I feel like if you're going on a fourth date through a matchmaker, that means something mm-hmm. because all the bullshit is gone when you're using a matchmaker, you've already had some difficult conversations prior to through the matchmaker. And I'm assuming with your clients, you give them like one person at a time of like, you go on a date with this one person, you report back to me. If you don't want to go on another date, I will set you up with another person. Like we railroad our matches, right? Like people are almost wondering like how many options are you giving your clients? Is it? No. So I I think, I think that question derives from Patty's Stanger show. We use a more of a behavioral economics standpoint to like how we match our clients. We definitely railroad the matches. So it's like one match at a time. You know, usually my, uh, my client and I will have a, we'll have a relationship until they date someone. And then after that, I never hear if they hit it off and that's it. Like it's, they're going to, that's who they're, that's their person. I usually don't hear from them ever again. Mm-hmm. Um, my responsibilities end when you get into a relationship, mm-hmm. you being in a relationship, that is all on you. I have no control over the kind of boyfriend and girlfriend you're going to be on a, in a relationship. Mm-hmm. All I can do is recruit matches and yeah. screen them and go on the first date for you and then coordinate your first and second date. That's yeah. what we do. I, I hope this doesn't offend you, but what you do is almost similar to like a temp agency of like, yeah. I'll put someone in this temp role <laughs> and then the company decides if they want to hire them. And if the company doesn't want to hire them and they don't like them, I just switch in a new temp. Like, <laughs> it's like, here's another person I screen. Like it's the same thing. That's a fantastic thing. analogy, Erica. No one's ever said that to me. And I'm not being sarcastic. Like no one has ever said that to me. I'm, I hope it's not uh, offensive. I, I, I dig it. I know I'm curious so in like non matchmaking dating I feel like everyone it just assumes for the longest time like everyone is dating a lot of people so how do you think people should really navigate that and like when to have an exclusive conversation with someone that they're seeing so I feel like the moment you are really growing feelings for someone and you know that you can get hurt, you need to be forthright about it. And I'm Mm -hmm. not saying you do this on date one, date two, please calm down. But like, (laughs) you know, if you've been on five or six dates in, in, especially in person, or, you know, even before you have sex, like if you're ready to have sex, but you feel like it needs to be an exclusive relationship, you got to talk and you have to say the following, you have to say, Hey, I would, I really like you. I don't want to get hurt. And I'd really like to be an exclusive relationship. 
you know, the next time I fall in love and the next time I have sex or whatever, whatever it is. But like, I don't look, if the guy really likes you, if the guy actually wants to date you, no matter how you word it, it doesn't matter. He's going to understand your intent. And if he wants to date you, he's going to be like, yeah, of course you're my fucking girlfriend. And if he doesn't want to date you, he'll be like, I don't know if I like titles. I'm a free bird or whatever. And then you believe him, you accept the answer and then you choose what to do next. If you want to be dating this person, if you want to be in an exclusive relationship and you want him to be your boyfriend, which I believe is one and the same, by the way. Well, that was yeah, my yeah, next question <laughs> is, no, do you see off. any difference? <laughs> nope. Nope. <laughs> nope. Honestly, any person who says to you, oh, we're an exclusive relationship, but I'm not your boyfriend. No, fuck them. Break up with them. Break mm-hmm. up with them. Why? Because he wants the perks of being your boyfriend, but he doesn't want to be your boyfriend. That just means he wants sex on the regular. Yeah. That's or it. he wants a girlfriend, but he doesn't want to be a boyfriend. Yeah. Is always how right. I look at it. And he doesn't want to use condoms. Also that. <laughs> I feel like that's the biggest one. That really is the biggest <laughs> <Yeah>. one. <laughs> and a lot so, of women get into that uh, trap too, because they also don't want to same. use condoms. And, and yep. you know how it's one and the same? You just act confused. I would act like a confused bird when that conversation is <laughs> happening. When he's like, let's be exclusive. Be like, does that mean you're my boyfriend? Like, just ask that. I'm confused. Mm. Does that mean you're my boyfriend? Am I your girlfriend? Yeah. Just, just pause don't answer for him pause and let him answer and then he will say yes or no and if he says no believe him and that is your sign to leave because he will never change his mind that's painfully true yeah but you know maria men don't give direct answers they like to give very vague answers which i have learned that is an answer means no vague answer is an answer and you (laughs) have you know what happens is i've noticed this um a lot especially in our group coaching intensives that we do like for women I hear this story all the time where it's like, I went out with a guy, he said he didn't want to do titles, but we were, you know, he was acting like a boyfriend. We saw each other three times a week. Da, 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 da. And I'm like, yeah. And then you fell in love, right? Yeah. And then you broke up. Yeah. And he, what did he say? I told you. And you know what happens is when a man says to you, I don't want a title, let's just take it day by day. Let's go week by week. Like this breezy, vague answer. Yeah. We're not there yet. I've we're not that there before. yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When he when they say that, they know what they're saying. They're just trying to see if they can get away with it. And I think right then and there is when you have to decide, are you going to be basic and be like, you know what? I'm going to just keep dating him until he sees what kind of girlfriend I am. Like, I give the best blowjobs. I have the best sex. I'm a great baker. He'll see how amazing I am and he'll want, he'll change his mind. Nope. That's a waste of time. Mm-hmm. Not only like just, oh, just especially if you're over 30, don't date a time thief. Like leave <laughs> them, leave them, leave them, leave them, leave them. And you know, onto the next, because you know, there are people who are looking for serious relationships. And if you're forthright about it and don't, I'm not saying you do this on the first date or second date or a third date, by the way, like do not confuse what I'm saying here because you know, Sometimes we're so focused on like, what are we instead of asking yourself, like, should we be like, do I even like you or am I, do I want the title? Mm, Yeah. Because if I like you and I want the title, then I have to talk to you. Like, I need you to know, here's what I need to feel comfortable. Mm -hmm. I need, I need this to be an, like, no, I really like you. I need this to be an exclusive relationship. I need to be your girlfriend. And if if this is something you can't do, then, you know, we got to go. Yeah. I love being really aggressive and assertive. I, no one has to take that. You don't have to it's take fine. this stance, but you can be the confused bird. Like, let him say it if you want, right? This should be an exclusive. You could be like, are you dating anyone? No. Do you want to make this exclusive? What does that mean exactly? Does that mean I'm your girlfriend? 
because I don't want to be exclusive with anyone who's, who's not my boyfriend. Yeah. Yeah. It's an extremely vulnerable conversation, but it's just so, so necessary. Like I, in my early twenties, I was that person who just hung around of like, he'll change his mind. He'll change his mind. Yeah. He hangs out with me all the time. And, but no, he's seeing other people. <laughs> like I and- basically lived with someone for six months. I, I don't even know if he had an apartment after six months. <laughs> You know, maybe, you know, I don't know, maybe he was with another woman, those threes, but he was never able to have that conversation with me. Like every time I would try to bring it up, it was like, uh, you know, uh, it's not the time right now. Whatever. I'm like, you're here every day. We're having sex every day. Like, what do you mean? You're not my boyfriend. And I had to snap out of it. I was young though. I was in my twenties. If you don't make those mistakes when you're 25, when are you going to make them? Right. (laughs) Oh yeah. I mean, I remember being in something too of the exclusive Mm -hmm. and, and they were doing all the boyfriend things. And I remember just saying, I don't see what you being called my boyfriend would change. I go, it's right. We're both doing all the relationship things. Like, and mine was like, you're calling me every day. You're, I'm getting the good morning every day. The like, anytime we're both free, we're hanging out. So it's like, you're just sitting there being like, I don't get it. And it's hard when you are like enjoying their company to basically end it. It is hard because you're just sitting there hard. like, mm-hmm. but it's, it literally is the same thing. And that's that exclusive. And it's, and it's hard you know, when you have like area. the company of a relationship too. Right. Um, to like leave that. Cause it's like, Oh, I have to do this again. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, you, you do, you, you really do. You have to find the courage to do it again. And, and dating can be a lot of fun if you go in it with a yes attitude. Yeah. It just, it, especially when you end uh, so, like, get out of a hard relationship and then to get Mm. back out there and like I'm feeling this is like now coming into my later 20s starting to look at 30 I'm like god just like having to get back out there like I had to break up this winter and it's like I thought I was done for a while you know like (laughs) I I thought I got to kind of hang out and are you kidding I would love to be single this summer like whatever I'm married kids blah 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 (laughs) but like if I were single I would love to be single this summer yeah but would you be really would you be dating with this 12 date rule or would you be hooking up Maria let's be real no I would be scheduling like massive orgies (laughs) (laughs) okay no lie this is one of the things oh you just got divorced dude like let's do it Mm. or um or I would yeah I would definitely be trying to hit up some threesomes or something be the unicorn just like (laughs) hoe it up well this is what i like about following you is that you're very realistic if you're like yeah i have this 12 date rule i have you know these suggestions you're like that's when you really want to find someone to be with someone because i love when someone will message you like i'm in whatever town i'm leaving in three months should i bother dating and you're like get a friends with benefits and bang it out you're like have some fucking fun like like don't lock yourself inside just because you're like i want to find someone like you know but i love that you're just like go get laid girl like do your thing let me tell you i followed my advice in my 20s okay and (laughs) i i have in greek we call it which basically means like no regrets like i got married with like not a single regret i was like oh i've done everything (laughs) i've experienced it all i am ready to, to find my person. And I was, you know, when we got married, we got married and that was it. Like, I was like, yeah, I'm, I, 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 I'm not missing anything. You know, did I, did I, you know, when I was like 24, did I hang out with a divorced guy in their mid forties and figure that out? Of course I did. That was a lot of fun. <laughs> mm. I also think this is going to be the summer of relationships at the same time. I do believe that there is going to be suddenly everyone's gonna be like super horny over Memorial day weekend, like the first two weeks of June. And then I really do believe that starting 4th of July weekend, it's just going to be like relationship frenzy. 
I think people are going to be exhausted. You know, like people are kind of yeah. like running out of the gates right now. We we're actually just talking about this before recording of like, yeah, we're already oh, so horny. much shit to do. Like, uh, like so yeah. many social events. We've masturbated like- at least three times during this <laughs> recording. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> no, but there's just so many social events that it's like a little daunting after having not really done anything for a year mm-hmm. that I do think I agree with you that people are probably going to want to lock it down after like an initial just yeah. getting out there and being crazy for like a month yeah, people like- are gonna fuck at least two people <laughs> and uh and then they're gonna be like okay I, I got i got that out of my system now mm-hmm. i can date date yeah it's gonna yeah. go from spring break to finals week real quick <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be like spring break i'm exhausted after and I then and then finals are coming you're like i gotta i gotta i gotta calm down i need a study partner <laughs> gotta get serious yeah someone needs puffing, to <laughs> puffing season yeah. it's coming <laughs> coming early this For year sure. So you you don't think it matters who brings up the conversation of exclusivity slash boyfriend, whatever. Like you're like, women can bring it up, men can bring it up, whatever, whatever. But how about with just dating in general? How do you feel in heterosexual relationships about women making the first move? Um, I think it's great. Uh, Well, studies have shown this like in the last year, something like 80 or 90 percent of men want you to make the first move. You know, you reaching out to them, you asking them out. That's like that's seen as a that's seen as hot do you think it's like a hard asking out or do you think it's like opening the door we have this theory that like you know women can sort of like open the door a little bit and make it okay make them make it known that it's okay for them to ask you out and that they like that better yeah that we would say yes yeah i like to play the confused card with men as much as possible I think it, it's like kind of guiding with them with like letting them be the pilot, but you're like kind of the co-pilot. So, okay, here's what I mean by this. Oh yeah. It's like that Greek saying. Yeah. I was just going to say this is. And men are the head. You know, that's what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh. I, you, I, was, I was about to throw in. I'm like, you're Greek, Maria. This is, this is like, the head so of the dumb. neck theory. It's so dumb. We've so all dumb. seen the movie. So Come on. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if I were online dating right now, I would try to use online dating as a way to like schedule my life. First of all, I would never be on an online dating app if I can't go out in the next 48 hours. Like, I don't, I don't want to okay. pen pal any stranger. Like, fuck that. I don't want that. Because I think when you do pen pal a stranger, it gets sexual at some point. And now you're talking dirty to a guy that you have not met. And you're at the same time trying to date. Like, that's yeah. not, you've just imbalanced something. Or it gets lazy. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what I would do if I were single right now, this would be my method is to, to be on the dating app. And I would say like, you know, Hey, you seem really interested, like, you know, kind of back and forth up to three messages back and forth, you know, volley for serve three times over the net. And then I would say, Hey, you know, you seem really interesting. Um, I have to go. Would you be interested in doing a zoom call in one hour or tomorrow afternoon at 4 PM? What do you think about that? Like, I'm not even asking him to say yes or no. I'm asking him what he thinks about it. Mm-hmm. So he could be like, yeah, that's a great idea. So in one hour works. Or if I didn't want to do Zoom, if I would just do coffee, like, hey, you know, we live in the same neighborhood. You seem really interesting. Would you be interested in grabbing a coffee um, tomorrow or like, you know, whatever, a drink tomorrow at, you know, 7 p.m.? What do you think about that? Okay. Hmm. It becomes open-ended. It's like, it's not like he's going to say yes or no. He's going to be like, oh, that sounds great. Uh, I can't do tomorrow. Can you do Thursday? Okay. Hmm. Like if they don't, if they don't reply back with like, um, with a, an, an alternate time, I would block them. Block them? Just like unmatch. Like, it's like, all right, you didn't respond with an alternate time. I'm not interested in being your pen pal. Why are we still talking? But so you're all for the woman when you throw it out there, like full plan. 
I'm just yeah, curious because it's, you know, that's where it, it's always a little gray area of like, okay, I want this guy to know I'm interested. Should I just say we should get a coffee sometime? It's not that gray, though. It's actually really simple, Erica, because, you know, the problem with straight women is that they think that they look at online dating from the female gaze. How will a man respond if they were a woman? And what do women do? We're, we're like, you know, let, let me just take a step back, okay? In the past, there were hunters and gatherers, right? And in 2021, men are the hunters and women are the information gatherers. And by hunters, I mean, they do more definitive moves. So if a man was talking to another man online and you could use grinder as an example, mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, where are you? <laughs> like, where are we going? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Where's the gazelle, <laughs> right? And then with women, it's like, oh, like, you know, you've never seen another woman meet another woman and be like, where are we going? It's always like, oh, my God, I love your purse and your shoes look so cute. But no man has ever had another man be like, where did you buy that belt? That's just never (laughs) happened, right? So what women do when they go online is they talk to men as if they're other women. Oh, tell me a little more about yourself. Oh, that's a really interesting school that you went to. Oh, what'd you study? Like you're trying to gather information. And the guy is like, yeah, okay, Gazelle, where are you located? When are we going out? Like, that's what they (laughs) want to say, but they've been conditioned to not say it because it doesn't look good. So take that out and talk to a man like a man. Mm -hmm. If I were a single woman, I would talk to a man the way they they are talked to other men. That that seems to work on (laughs) Grindr. Yeah, I mean, one of the best openers. One of the best openers I've ever used on Bumble was, um, hey, what are you doing tonight? And I would get responses immediately really? because I mean, one, here's the thing. There are guys out there that would like to just hook up. So they're like, Oh, this girl might just fuck. Right. But more importantly, I was like, this is a clear signal of like, I'm trying to meet people and I don't want to waste a lot of time on the app. Every week I get all these, I get like 300 questions now every Wednesday on my Instagram. Yeah. At Mitch Micaria, by the way, follow her. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And thank you. And send her more questions. The questions are half of the questions are I've been talking to a guy online for three weeks, five weeks, six weeks, and we have not met yet. And I'm like, no. what are you doing? Is he married? Like, what's Mm-mm. why There's, are you talking about someone that long? There's something weird going on if he's not why are meeting you, up with you. The amount of people who fall in love with people. Like, I've been there. I remember that where like I met a guy online and you, you know, you, you talk, you FaceTime, you FaceTime, you FaceTime, you're falling in love. You still have to meet. Mm hmm. Um, so I know there's obviously just like a lot of dating advice out there and you put out a lot of your own. So is there anything that you hear consistently that you're like, this is just such bullshit. Like people should not listen to this advice that they're all trying to do. Oh, this is painful. Um, do you want to know ours? Yes. Tell or, me I, yours. I can't speak for my, I, th- I think you have the same as me of um it'll happen when you least expect it yeah we don't buy that we're like you need to be putting yourself out there and doing things to yeah. meet somebody it takes work yeah no it does take work i don't know if i've ever said it happens when you least expect it i think i do believe that when you find your person i feel like it smacks you upside the head when when you least expect it i think that's what happens so like what do I mean by that? I read people's feedback, right? Like I, I set up dates and they send me their feedback and I can tell you when my client has met their person because their first date feedback comes back in so much emotional language than like analytical, like here's how it went, Maria. I would huh. like to see them again. Mm-hmm. It was interesting. Instead, it's like, wow, they were really unique and their perspective on this was so interesting and I could talk to them for hours and I felt so confident. I'm like, this is a first date. And 
I think when that happens, when you see that there's a more emotional cue, it's like, oh yeah, this, this is the person. And I remember even with my husband, when I first met him, like, I think like our third date. Yeah. It was our third date. I was like, yeah, this is, this is the guy I'm meant to be with. Like I knew really? it. Mm. Yeah. 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 I was wow. just like, yeah, I'm, I'm good. Go ahead. What's your next question? Um, what do you think really makes somebody ready to find someone? Like when a new client walks into your office and they're like, Hey, I want to hire a matchmaker. What are like the first things you ask them and how do you weed out basically finding people that do really want to be with someone? Uh, I think it's different. So like, I feel like every woman, almost all women are ready to enter the relationship if the guy showed up, but with men, it's like the cab light has to be on. And if it's not, it's just, he's not, it doesn't matter if he meets Mrs. Right. It, it's gotta be Mrs. Right now. The, the circumstances of his ego and opportunity have to align. Um, I'm curious, do you think it's a red flag if someone hasn't been in a serious relationship by a certain age? That's a really great question. Um, I, I think it's a red flag whenever I meet people that are, let's say over 50 and they have never been in a relationship more than two years. So we got time. Yeah, you have time. Okay, nice. Well, I was going to say, do you have... Maybe maybe for men, it's like if they're over 45, if they've never been in a long-term relationship. But 45, really, for men. Because I was going to ask, do you have a different age you would think for, you know, a straight man versus a straight woman or... I think it might be 45. Like, I think if if you're over 45, maybe both genders and you've never been in a long-term relationship, like, and by long-term, I mean like over a year, mm-hmm. I, I just kind of question, cause it's like, you've been dating since you were 18. Like you've never met someone you wanted to spend Christmas with twice like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. That's just, that, that just kind of, it makes me pause sometimes. Cause sometimes there's a reason and it might be because, you know, we're, some people are avoidant some people, you know, they don't want to be in long relationships. They're addicted to the beginnings. Um, or, and some people just don't have realistic expectations. So it does, it does give me pause. Not all people, I don't want anyone to take this personally. There are plenty of, you know, really amazing, incredible people that were just so career focused that relationships were on the back end. And I accept that. Okay. That's good advice. Um, so do you Thank think, you. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. do you think, everyone will eventually settle if they get to a point if it's like okay like a lot of women will do this at 30 they basically will just marry the person that they're with because they're with them it's like well you know I don't know if I can do better kind of thing but it's not really what they were that's acceptable that's an acceptable reason to marry someone just because you're with them and they ask no if you feel like I don't know if I could do better well okay (laughs) if you don't feel like you can do better but do you feel most people do that I think you grow re- more realistic expectations as you get older of like what's important to Erica, what's important to Molly. Mm-hmm. Like things that you found important when you were 25, they really don't matter after a certain age. Like, so I think sometimes we think things that are really important that aren't important. Like I, some really great guys aren't even dating. They are so infused with work that they're like, when she shows up, I'll be there. You know, right. it's like, mm-hmm. okay, I got to show up. <laughs> Okay. So what's your term latch? Can you explain that to us? For me, latch is like, kind of like, you know, when a child sucks on a tit, but um, (laughs) like, I'm kind of like, like sometimes I say this at work with clients. I'm like, latch bitch, come on. Which is like, just like, come on. Like, 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 uh, like, I guess like hinge, like, you know, puzzle piece this, fuck it, figure it out. Like, why aren't you, you should be dating this person. Mm. You know, sometimes we 
self-sabotage ourselves because we've, we have this expectation of what we're going to get from an app or a matchmaker or through a friend. And that person, if you met them on your own at an open bar at a wedding, they're perfectly acceptable and you would date them and you would have fun. But it's like, no, now that I'm on an app and now that I'm over 35, um, now I, you know, my expectations are even higher. You know, he needs to be this height. He needs to make this much money. It's like, whoa, you know, he does not be any of those things. He mm -hmm. just needs to be a good person and treat you respectfully and listen to you. Because to me, it's like, if you meet someone that you actually, let me, let me tell you when you should decide to get, decide to settle. If you want to use that verb, if you, if you ever meet someone that you think you could like for the next 30 years, that's your person. That's it. You found them. You can't do better because it's so rare that you meet someone that you could like for the next 30 years. In fact, I would tell you that most marriages, they don't like each other. They love each other, but they don't like each other. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so if you find someone, you look at them, you're like, yeah, I like you. I could like you for 30 years. Yeah, you got it. Date them, marry them. That's that. That's your person. What would you say of the opposite of that, of like, you're dating someone and you're sitting there kind of being like, I could be with this guy for 30 years. What about the opposite of like, you're dating someone and suddenly something just hits you and just goes, I don't think I'm marrying this guy. Yeah. Do you, you would you say out. like, wait another week or would you be like, yeah, you gotta go. You know, someone just asked me this recently. I think like yesterday was in my, um, my text messages. One of my friends was like, I don't, I don't know if I like my boyfriend. And I asked him what's, what's, what don't you like right now? And he was saying something like, um, you know, this apartment is too small for the both of us. And I was like, would you like him more if you lived in a two bedroom? <laughs> oh yeah. Our, and he goes, yeah, our problems would be solved if we lived in a two bedroom. And then I go, oh. and you're, then you don't have a problem. Right. You have a, you have an apartment problem. Mm -hmm. You don't have a relationship problem. I think it's more, it's more, yeah. If it's a gut feeling of like something that is happening in the relationship that, that you just feel to yourself, like I couldn't do this the rest of my life, like whatever, part that it is and essentially I think it's like how you said earlier you have to decide what's the most important to you in a relationship but do you know the really popular reason why people do break up on the like stuff is actually because someone else doesn't like your partner like oh that's really interesting. My, yeah like oh you know I'm Jewish and my parents want me to marry Jewish and you're not Jewish so this is not going to be anything and it's like well no do you like this person like because if you like them and you love them fuck your parents like your parents aren't going to live forever. You have to live with this person. You have to like them. They don't have to like them. And also, just because your parents don't like this person right now, there is no guarantee that if you brought home a Rebecca, that, that doesn't mean they're going to like her either. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, the opposite is true, too. Of There's been people where it's like, the in-laws loved me when we were dating. Then we got married, and now it's a nightmare. I mean, my in-laws hate me. And uh, <laughs> I'm Greek. <laughs> Yeah, no, like my in-laws don't hate me, but like my mother-in-law, she hates me. But my my father-in-law, he loves me. And every time my mother-in-law does something dumb, she'll he'll buy me like really expensive jewelry to like balance things. Whoa. <laughs> Shit. Uh, so you don't believe point, you don't really believe the yeah. saying like you marry the family? Because that's what my family says. We're Italian. Well, and it's I like, don't know. My husband's family lives in like five thousand miles away. But uh well, you, you got you a loophole. Don't marry, look, you my husband married my family because my parents live with us. Um, wow. you know, okay. My mom, my mom is sick and we're, we're taking care of her and, you know, we're helping out my, we're helping out my dad. And I, you know, my parents are, you know, moderately easy to get along with. And my husband enjoys them. He's a very close relationship with both of my parents, very different relationships with both of them, but very close. And, you know, the reason why my mother-in-law doesn't like me is because I'm not from Crete. 
you know, okay. whatever. I, I, I've told her a few times, like, I love you because you made the person that I want and you don't have to like me. And that's okay. That's like, very nice. You know, that's so sweet. <laughs> that's easy like, for you to say because you, know, you, you only can... have to see her a couple times a year. <laughs> yeah, I only see her a couple times a year. But, you know, you have to. So here's people break up because of their parents sometimes. And like what I'm telling you here is that like it doesn't I don't think that's a good enough reason. Like you should break up with your partner if your partner's like if your parents are like, dude, this person's abusing you you should not be with this person. Like yeah. then I can accept that. But if it's like, oh, she's she's not our religion. She's not our ethnicity. Like you could bring someone home who's the same ethnicity and religion as you. There is no guarantee that your parents are going to like them. Right. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, you have to learn how to live with your partner. And also you have to learn how to advocate for your partner to your parents. And if your parents cannot accept it, then you have to start creating boundaries. Mm-hmm. For instance, like for us, I don't stay at my in-law's house. We stay either at an Airbnb or hotel or in our, we have a summer home as well. Like we'll stay separately from them because, you know, boundaries. Mm -hmm. But I have to say, if I was dating someone and I didn't like how they treated my family, that would be a deal breaker for me. And Mm -hmm. I think that's different than what you're saying. It it wouldn't be my parents being like, we don't like them. I would be sitting there being like, I don't like how you are around them and how you're treating the people I love. Yeah, that would be a deal breaker for me as well. But uh, my husband, I've never treated my in-laws poorly. Right. I'm not saying you did. I'm just, (laughs) I'm saying like that, that technically is a reason to break up because of family, but I think is a good reason. Like I, I think that's correct. I see. I see. Look, anyone, anyone treating someone badly is a good reason not to be with that person. I don't like, know. For me, it depends on which family member they were mean to. <laughs> I could get over it. <laughs> it. It gets me back to this one, this one example that I have. This happened with a client. I didn't, I didn't intend for them to meet. They met on their own. He was not good for her. He was okay. just not good for her. But she stayed with him, and she stayed with him because he was Greek. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I remember saying to her, like, just because someone is Greek doesn't mean they're going to be a good father. It doesn't mean they're going to be a good boyfriend. It doesn't mean they're going to be a good husband. It just means that they're Greek. Right. And it's... so you've like, yeah, you've put up these, this tunnel to only date a certain person of this race or ethnicity, but it doesn't mean anything. Yeah. You're not looking at like the real values. And I think that race and religion, especially in 2021 are really great examples of that. Like I was raised very Catholic, like a priest in the family, everything. And I have told my parents, I'm like, I'll be damned if I get married in church. Like, I'm not doing that. Like, that's not something Mm -hmm. that's important to me. I will probably not have my children baptized. Like, I know I was raised like that, but I don't agree with the church for many reasons that I think are justified, like female empowerment and pedophilia are issues. So I don't want to raise my children in that structure and I don't want it to be a part of my adult life. So that's fine if that's something that you guys want to practice, but I won't do that now that I'm an adult. So it's they're hard conversations to have but you need to understand what's important to you in the life that you're building in that next chapter like childhood is gone you know you need to move on and be your own person so we stress the 12 date rule you have to stress that a lot to people so besides the 12 date rule what do you think is the biggest mistake that people make in dating well you know alcides is a tall woman i think one of the biggest mistakes a lot of women do is they they choose um height as a parameter when height is completely unearned characteristic that you have that tells you nothing about someone's character and integrity. And if you are below five foot nine, height shouldn't even be selected. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It I was like short, matter. short women actually need to hear this the most. Cause they are the people that I will hear openly say, Oh no, I only date like six foot guys. And I look at them like I date guys shorter than me 
and you can't yeah. date someone who's just shorter than six feet but still much bigger than you makes zero are you, sense Erica, to me. How, how tall are you again I'm are you 511 i'm the same okay so, you, we're, yeah. so we're both 511 <laughs> i was saying this to a bunch of women over the weekend i was like I don't understand the height thing because for me personally, if you are five foot six and below, you look the same height from my perspective. And I wonder if it's the same perspective, the opposite way sometimes, like can a five foot four woman really tell the difference between a guy who's five foot 10 and six foot in six foot? No, no we can't. <laughs> no, they can't. I can because a lot of guys lie about their height. When I show up, it's well, like, you're that I'm height. You're that height. The perspective right, there exactly. is eye to eye. But like, if I can't tell what a five foot six and a five foot two and a four eleven person could be in front of me, and if I'm standing next to them, I don't understand their height. My the my eyes perspective is not decoding. If they were far away and they were next to each other, then I'd be like, okay, clearly I'm not stupid. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and the same goes um, for men too. They'll be like, no, I'm my girl's really tall. And then I'll meet her and I'm like, she's not that tall. She's five foot six. Yeah. <laughs> like, she's just taller than thin, other buddy. women you've dated. She probably wears heels. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Why do you think your heels are more important than just choosing someone from a different, like, look, you might still end up with a six foot two man, but let's do the math. If you are a Jewish woman in Manhattan and you are telling me he needs to be Jewish and over five foot 10, um, that's like less than 1% of men. Yeah, I looked it up actually uh, recently of how many men are six feet and taller, and it's fourteen percent in the U.S. Right, and then add and that only like, percent of men many. are Jewish. Less yeah. than one percent of men are Jewish. That's uh, yeah. That's, I don't know the race breakdown on it, but I just was curious one day, and I looked it up, and I was like, yeah, it's not that many. So even for myself of like dating apps and filters, I'm like, I don't put that you have to be taller than me. Like I try to not stress that and look that. And the thing is, it just it is harder to be attracted to someone immediately that might be shorter than you because I've been there but it's like I just think about all the great guys I know in my life that are like five eight five seven like whatever height that I'm sitting there being like I love them and I think they're great men and I would be so mad if I tried to set them up with a friend and they were like well they're not six feet I'd be like you're gonna let this great guy go but Mm -hmm. I like love but it's just it is that thing of like attraction can build over time and it's just I get that it is hard but it's also like man, being in a relationship, how much are you standing next to people? You're sitting on the couch watching TV. You're sitting down eating dinner. You're sitting at a bar, like having drinks. Like I've dated men shorter than me. And I'm just like, as long as they don't act weird about it, like I don't care. Nearly all men I've ever met in my office, nearly all, not all, but nearly all, they've all are like, I will date a taller. I I would totally date taller women. I don't care. They, they're the ones with the problem. I don't have a problem. And I'm like, interesting. But, but I have this theory of, cause I'm tall. I had a roommate who was a very good friend of mine. He's six, five. And there was one day that I was wearing sneaker wedges. So you can't see that they're heels, but they're a little mm-hmm. bit of a heel. And he still towers me. It's like an inch and a half heel. And I'm standing next to him. We were out somewhere and he looks over at me and he's like, are you taller? And I go <laughs> like an inch taller. Why? Like why? He goes, I don't, I don't like this. I, I like feel smaller. And I looked at him and I go, that's what it is. I'm like, that's often why super tall guys well, not like tall women. I go, I make you feel smaller. You are used to walking into the room and you are one of the tallest people. You pretty much tower everybody. So the fact that I'm close to you, you now feel small. Go, go. So, so I've found with guys that are shorter than me or around my height, they don't mind that I'm tall because they're used to walking into the room and not being the tallest guy. They're like, I've right. never been the tallest guy in the room. They go, so mm-hmm. I have no ego about it. But like the guys that right. always are, 
the minute they're not, they're like, oh, yeah. oh, I feel small. I don't, like, my power is taken away or whatever it is. I've heard this from tall guys. They say that, like, they don't trust a man who's taller than them or something yeah. really weird. Because it, like, it just makes them feel really insecure. Like, that's yeah. fucking dumb. Anytime I meet a woman that's my height or taller, I, I just look at them and, like, oh, admire. I'm like, oh. you get it (laughs) well that's i mean but this is where it stems from it It stems from the like oh other people are gonna be like oh oh that looks weird or like or or just judging in whatever way and because i've also had with you know you talk about meet through friends and i've had people on the fly be like oh yeah i would set you up with someone but i don't know any tall guys and i've literally looked at them and been like i don't care if they're taller than me i go if they care yeah don't have me meet them i go but i i don't like, I was like, you're, you know, great guys. You're not going to introduce me just because, like, I got a couple inches on them. Like, that's so rude. Yeah, I'm like, do they I like sports? About, do they want tall children? Because <laughs> I could bring that. I bring that to the table, you know. <laughs> well, I guess so. Height is a very big mistake you think women navigate with dating. I, I, yeah, I think we should just remove it. And then, um, what would you say uh, for men? For men, God, men make so many mistakes. Where do I begin? <laughs> um, a mistake usually means that you can correct something. Unfortunately, I, don't <laughs> I get I get nervous with men because it's like, unfortunately, like some women will just put up with anything, and like, and I'm like, oh, don't date that guy, you know. Um, I think some men are scared of being judged for what they're looking for. They're just I feel like a lot of men are unhappy because of this. Like for instance, like I think a lot of men b- b- before they turn. 27 or 28 they're masturbating to something very different than what they're dating publicly interesting like they might be attracted to a different kind of woman but because they're scared of society or they're scared of what their friends will say they'll kind of go with the wolf pack that's so interesting mm. this is intriguing yeah so i feel like in both cases it's it's like appearance basically you'd say is the biggest mistake people make yeah mm. yeah yeah i, Which I, I would agree well, on Shooter's Gotta Shoot, we asked all of our guests, what's a time that you shot your shot and was it a hit or a miss? Can you remember okay, any stories one, that stick one, out to you? I have one. Okay. I have one. I have one. I have one. I'm really excited about this. So uh, this is, I, so I did my undergrad in Athens. So that's why I keep saying when I lived in Greece. So I lived there for five years and I had just finished my freshman year. It was like, I think it was like the day before my sophomore year. I was at a club with like a bunch of my girlfriends and like the barman was just really cute. You know, I'm, I'm talking to one of my girlfriends who was visiting from America and we're talking English, well, American. And um, the bartender's like, are you from the U.S.? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, without saying anything after, he just pulls out his wallet and he shows me his ID. And it was an Illinois ID. And I was like, oh, are you Greek American? He goes, no, I, I went to college there. I, you know, I lived there for like five years, six years. And, and now I'm, now I'm back. So while we're having this conversation while I'm holding his license, like he's still talking to me while I'm holding his license. And, um, like he told me what he did for a living and all that stuff. And, and I was like, okay, well, listen, I'm going to take this. This is, and like, you know, I had already, I think written down my number and I had didn't find the balls yet to like give it to him. Oh, okay. Yeah. You know? So, um, so when he gave me his license, I was like, okay, I'm going to hold on to this. This is my number. When you take me on a first date, I'll give you your license back. Nice move. And then I just, without him even responding, I just like turned around and like left. Like oh I God. left the club. I like got out and mm. left. That's amazing. And 
He called the next morning. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I and need that. I That's how I get women. Year. <laughs> and then I dated him for a year. He was my boyfriend oh, wow. for one year. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I, I remember the day we broke up too. Cause like, um, this is so stupid, but I really recommend it. Um, I, I was in. I was like, would you take his a, license again? Yeah. <laughs> You're like, no. hey, I'm taking it with me. <laughs> I did my bachelor's, like my bachelor's in international business. And we had just learned like SWOT analysis, mm-hmm. like strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. I was yeah. like, we should do a SWOT analysis on a relationship. <gasps> this was the day before our one year anniversary. And I said, let's do a SWOT analysis on a relationship to determine if we should do another year together or we should just break up, like make it clean. We don't have to wow. know, spend an anniversary if we're not working out because we were fighting a little bit towards the end. Okay. And we did a SWOT analysis and then we're like, yeah, man, this isn't, I think it, I think we're done. And, uh, it was hard. I mean, we broke up consciously uncoupled, but for three weeks, it was like a lot of crying on my end, like calling my mom crying. And my mom's like, but you wanted this. And I go, I know I still miss him. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like when you finish a good book, you're like, you know, you miss someone. They're not, they're just a chapter. They're not the whole book. Yeah. But I remember that was really upsetting, but I, I knew it was not the person and I didn't, mm-hmm. I don't want to keep dating him, but that's how I, uh, I got that done. You can't, <laughs> do, that. You can't do that in America because then they can't drive. Yeah. Just go out there, steal people's IDs. Something. It'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. Their vaccine card. ID, so I just took his, his license and, um, yeah, yeah. take their vaccine anyway. card. That's what I would do. That's the version now. <laughs> well, you could drive, you can still get around, but yeah. like, you want this proof back. Yeah. Like, oh, come find me. You will well, be that limited. Was, that was yeah. ballsy on my end. I'm, I'm really proud of that. Yeah. Uh, but it is, I that's the hardest to end it because you're, it's, it's very hard to end it when you're like, it's not that I don't like you. I still am in love with you, but I just know it's not going to work long-term, which unfortunately yeah. a lot of people don't end it and they yeah. just still stay. I mean, I was, I was 20 years old when I ended it with him. I was like two oh. months before I turned 21 and I was like, yeah, I've got other mistakes to make. <laughs> um, uh, well, thank you so much for coming on. This was so much fun. Yeah. Thank you. And, um, you have a free database that women can join at agapematch.com, correct? That's right. So, yes. so you mostly have male yes. clients and you set them up with women. So any women listening, join agapematch.com, especially if you live greater New York City area, Jersey, right? That's where you're located. Yeah, you can always join the, you can always check out the link in my bio on Instagram too, um, at Matchmaker Maria. It's got a lot of resources there. And um, by going to Agape Match, it takes 15 minutes to join. You can be in the free database. At least we could just consider you as a potential match for any um, current or future client. Yeah, I joined. I did it. It doesn't take very did long. You really? Yeah, I did. The hardest part, honestly, no. was picking the photos. <laughs> I was like a little nervous. I was like, Match Maker is gonna judge my photos. I, <laughs> I don't you know what's funny? I don't look because like I don't I don't I'm not the one responsible for cleaning the database every day. There's like three other people before funny. it finally gets on my desk. Mm-hmm. So I have no idea. Like people will I'll be at an event, they're like, Maria, I'm in your database and I'm like, I have no idea <laughs> like, what's happening. <laughs> well, I sent it to a couple friends. I was like, I just did this. It was very easy. Join it. So. I appreciate oh. it. Thank you. Yeah. Now, Molly, I'm, like, do now it. I'm gonna look up. Molly, are you in it too? No, now I feel like I should. I will. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna look into this. I'm gonna look she into this. Tell me she did this. Yeah. Well, hey, I, I, I was doing my research for the episode. I was like, let me see yeah. what it's what it's like to join. Um you never know. Yeah, so and follow you at Matchmaker Maria, and you can follow our podcast at Shooters Gotta Shoot Pod, and I'm at Sparica with two A's. And I'm at the guaca underscore Molly. And we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.